Well, good morning. And uh, it's, uh, it's great to be with you today. If you don't know me, my name is Dean. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we are kicking off this new series, what we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks, called Imagine. And, uh, and, and this is going to be a, a time for us as a church, if you're someone who calls True North home, uh, this is uh, going to be a whole month of, of really vision for us. Sometimes we start our, our year with one week, a kind of vision Sunday, what's God have for us this year. Uh, this is going to be a, a month where we're actually stopping and sort of lifting our eyes up and looking out kind of way beyond the horizon for a whole month and saying, you know what, we, we want to think, we want to lift our eyes up and see some of those things that we don't normally look at. And ask God what some of this, this kind of bigger picture is for us in the future. And, uh, and so this is why it's going to be, this is why I'd love you to, to over this next four weeks, be a, be a part of this. And, and you'll see a bit more of this as we go today. But if you're someone who's new here today, I want to welcome you especially. And, and one of the great things for you, you've come at a good time as well. Uh, if you want to be here this next month, you're going to get a great kind of taste and picture uh, of who we are. And, uh, and some of the things that we feel like are, are out ahead of us in the future. One of the things that uh, you, you, you may not realize or know, some of you may, but we as a, as a church, are, uh, we're approaching our 40th birthday four weeks from now. 40 years old, you know? How about, yeah, give it a clap. 40 is a good number. That's, that's good. Some of you are like, is that, is that good? Is that bad? Or, are we getting old? Or are we, you know, so it's kind of, I know I'm, I'm approaching 40 in the near future of my own life, so I, I get that kind of hesitancy of... Do I clap? Do I not clap? I made it this far. That's good. Um, but uh, but we're, we're approaching it. You know, the, our, our church began on uh, sort of officially on July 4th, 1976. And, and July 4th, I, I kind of like it started then. It's kind of like there's always been this, this little drop of American blood right from the, <laughs> the beginning. But, uh, but, but one of the things we thought is, you know, as we kind of uh, approach, you know, 40 years, which is this great chunk of time. Uh, there's sort of two ways you can uh, approach, and, and, and one is to kind of, you know, whatever birthday it is, you can always kind of go two ways. One, you, you can use this time to look back and, and reflect on your life so far, and that's a good dynamic. Or it's also there's a real opportunity when you reach some of these milestones to say, let's lift up our eyes and say, Lord, what's next? And uh, in the last few years, we've done lots of time in, in, in different ways as we've been through different seasons, sort of thinking about our past and where we've come from and how that's launching us forward. But we feel like now this, this is a great moment to stop and say, Lord, uh, we don't believe that the best is in the past. Uh, we believe this is just the beginning. And we want to stop and we want to kind of lift our eyes up. We want to say, God, what's out there beyond the horizon? Do you know if you've been here at, at our church for the last few years, in lots of ways, we've been in a, a distinct season of saying we want to we want to live kind of like this as a church. This is this is us as a church. It's just been God. What's the next step? And we've just been looking kind of down and saying, you know, Lord, what's the next step? What's the next thing you want for us? One of the pictures we've grabbed a hold of a lot has been just this pillar of cloud and fire, and we're just kind of Lord, just show us the next step, the next place. And and over the last few years, we've seen all kinds of you know, exciting things happen through that and things we couldn't have uh, imagined or planned. Uh, but we feel like this is just a unique moment, and that's a great way to live. It's actually, it's a great, it's an important way to live. Just saying, not, not kind of looking around everywhere, but just looking at what's right in front of you. But we feel like this is a season where we're saying, God, would you help us just now lift our eyes up for a moment and see, actually, is there a bigger picture that, that, that you want to kind of let us in on? It, 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 it's, you know, I'm, I'm one of those kind of people who, you know, there's, there's an importance kind of to this dynamic as you live. You know, I'm, I'm someone who, 
You know, when I drive, when you're driving a car, it's important to look, you know, kind of what's right in front of you, you know, because, you know, and so you want to look right ahead. I'm, I'm the kind of driver, though, uh, if you're ever riding with me, where I'm very easily distracted by not what's ahead of me, but what's off to the side. And so my, one of my most probably frequent questions to get asked them when our family drives in the car is like, what, what are you looking at now? Because we're swerving, you know, and... And so it's important to kind of look ahead of you because, but, you know, sometimes you kind of want to look and you're like, whoa, look, that's beautiful. Look at the ocean right there. And I'll get distracted by that. And then, you know, at least you'll be like, whoa, there's a car right in front of us. There's this now. You got to swerve back. So make no mistake about it. It's important to look right in front of you. But there are moments when it's time to kind of look up and see the bigger picture. This is one of those moments. So we're going to kind of, I'll step out of the driver's seat for a little while. And we're just going to say, Lord, What's this bigger picture? Now, this is a great thing to do uh, in your own life. This is going to be, this is an incredibly important thing. It's a great thing to do as a church. It's a great thing in, in any arena to make sure you have moments where you stop and look. Because we want to live lives that have purpose, that have intentionality, where we are on about the things that, that we believe God wants us to be on about. So we're going to begin this morning, begin this series by looking uh, at, at, at kind of I guess a, a person whose life modeled this a bit, we're going to be looking at a few verses this morning from uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, where it speaks to the life of Abraham. And he was someone who lived his life with such purpose and intentionality that when it was all said and done, in Hebrews 11, which is sometimes called the Hall of Fame of Faith, there's all these people, it's like, these guys, you know, they weren't perfect people by any means, but they, they kind of got it right. They kind of lived what a life of faith is meant to be about. They fulfilled the things God had for them. And that's what we want to do. So we're going to look at some of the dynamics uh, this morning that we see in Abraham's life. And we're going to see how those can work well for your life, for my life, and, and together uh, for, for us as a church and with where we're going. So I want to read this to you. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to pick it up in uh, verse 8 as we get started. It says in, in verse 8, by faith. This, is the, this chapter is all about faith. This is what faith looks like. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. This is kind of that, just one step in front of the other. You know, God calls him, you leave everything you know, go to a new land. He doesn't, he doesn't even know exactly what's going to happen there, but he's going one step. And by faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he, Abraham, was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, she was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is good as dead. And so what we're going to say, this guy's like, he's just so old. He's, he's good as dead. But, but from this guy, this one man came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And this is kind of wrapping up because it's been talking about all these different people and the different ways they lived lives of faith. In verse 13, it says, all these people, they were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things that were promised, some of those things that were kind of beyond the horizon. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. 
And as they did that, they were admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth, that this was not really their true home. People who say such things, verse 14, people who say such things, they show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. But instead, they, these kind of people, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He has something in store for them. We're going to pause there for a moment. And, uh, and I want us to kind of see, you know, Abraham, again, this is someone who had obviously captured to some degree the vision that God had for his life. And he lived it out. He never got to see the fulfillment the way he imagined. A lot of these things, they stayed off in the distance. He never saw the fulfillment, even as well as we could now. But he, he kind of got, he really got something about what faith and, and life well lived looked like. And, and I want us to, to, to look at a couple of dynamics we, we see in here. As we think about, you know what, if we're going to be, if we're going to be a church in this next season, if we think, man, we've, we've, you know, 40 years, great history, all these things. As we start to look to the future, what are the dynamics that are going to carry us well into the future? You know, what, what will define us? You know, in lots of ways over this, this series of Imagine, we want to be thinking, you know, not just what's this year, next year. One, one of the ways we've begun to think about this is, you know what, let's think about if we're about to turn 40, what do we want to be like at 50? Ten years from now, what would we hope? You know, this is, this is the kind of church we are. It's the place we are. What, 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 God, what might God be lifting up our eyes and say, Here, here's kind of the... Here's what's beyond that horizon that I want you to begin moving toward. I want to see a couple of things about Abraham that I think help us move that way. One of the keys as we, we enter this season is that, you know what you see about Abraham? Was he was a uh, kind of always looking forward, never settling down kind of guy. He was always looking forward. It, it talks about how he, he you know, he, he, he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. God called him somewhere new, but Abraham knew that even in that new place, that was not his home, and he always lived his life looking forward to, the, to the, you know, what God really had in store. I love the phrase in that Hebrews passage as well. It talks about they were, these people, these kind of people of faith, they were longing for, for this heavenly home, for this country of their own. You know, if we're going to be people who, who really do live out God's intentions for our lives, we, we have to capture this always looking forward, never, never settling down kind of dynamic in our lives. If we're to move towards, if you and your life and, and I and my life are to move towards uh, the things that God has for us in this life, we actually have to have our eyes up on that horizon. And we have to remember that in the midst of everything that's going on, we, we, we are not at home here. These people of faith, they, they understood. They were strangers. They were foreigners. They never settled down in this world and felt that this was their ultimate home. They knew they, they were longing for, for a better home. I love what Jonathan Edwards has this great quote uh, about this kind of idea. I, we've got it here for you. He says, um, he basically talks about how we were made, it becomes us. It's good for us. It becomes us to spend this life as a journey toward heaven. Why should we labor for or set our hearts on anything else but that which is our proper end and true happiness? In this world, what he's saying here is, you know what, there's kind of two ways to approach this life. One is to live uh, this life as, hey, I'm here and we're, we live out our short time here on earth. But what Abraham got, what Edwards is having to do is it's, 
better for us to live our lives towards heaven, a journey. That's where we're going. That's the destination because that's what we were actually made for. You know, Abraham never settled down, I think, you know, to one degree, you know, in a very literal sense, it tells he lived in tents. You know, these were nomadic kind of lifestyle. I think he had an advantage over us in some ways of living this kind of way of not feeling too at home here. I think if I had to live in, in tents in the ancient Near East, I would be longing for and hoping for more. But the reality is we live in an era and time in history where we can feel very comfortable and settled where we are. And I'm not saying we all need to go live in tents or, or anything like that. But if we are to live lives of purpose and intentionality, deep in our hearts, there has to be this. We are looking forward. We are not settling down. We are not content. We don't reach, when we think about our church, you know, one of the reasons we, we our, our elders uh, began this year, we began to think about how do we seek God for really what's next for us? How do we make sure we don't become a settled down kind of church? Uh, you know, it, this year, late this year, we'll be opening a, a brand new campus for the last several years. You know, we talk about kind of step in front of us. We've seen God kind of open door after door, and we've moved towards this, this whole facility in a big Part of where we've been going as a church this last few years, it's been a, uh, what's focused us and, and led us forward is we've felt very called. The one thing God has for us is to establish a light for Christ, a strong and you know, a significant light for Christ in the far northern suburbs from Meroe and throughout that region. And we've been moving towards that, and, and we've seen all kinds of God do amazing things. And, uh, and, and, and now, you know, the facilities are coming together. We'll open, we'll begin really kind of moving into that later this year. You know, one of the greatest dangers would be that we begin to feel in any way settled down. And that's across both our camps. It might be easy to go, well, that's great. We've all been working towards that. That's good. Now we've opened it up. We'll be able to have, you know, Sunday gatherings and services will take place there. Uh, things can kind of, we'll, we'll quiet down here and, and we'll just kind of go back to doing what we used to do. Only now we'll do it there and we'll do it here. You know, one of the great dangers, I think, for us this year and one of the reasons we feel uh, that God is wanting to actually lift our eyes up a bit is to make sure we don't start to feel settled as we shift into a new phase. And we've got to continue to live as an always looking forward, always going, you know what, this is not the destination, so God, lift up our eyes. What's the bigger picture? What's beyond the horizon? This is that, that first dynamic, you know, in, in all of our lives, we looking forward, never settling down. The other thing that Abraham got so well, that's so true of, if you go back and read Hebrews 11 this week right through, one of the things you see about all the faith stories that are right through this incredible chapter, you know, whether it's Noah or, 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 or Moses or Abraham, is these were people who understood their assignment. They understood within God's, within God's huge grand picture of all he's doing, these were people who understood their place in that. Their, their assignment, if you will. Their, what, is, what was it God had kind of called them to do that was a, a part of the, of the huge picture of God? It's what I want to call, you know, when you understand your assignment, you understand the big picture of your life. Abraham knew that the big, the kind of big picture of his life, you know, God, God's got a huge picture of what he's doing. But for every one of us, he's got this unique story that he's writing for our life. That, that we're supposed to have lives that... that follow in the footsteps of these Hebrew 11s, you know, kind of heroes of the faith. God has these, this kind of, you know, Abraham's assignment, Abraham and Sarah, they're, they're 
basic, you know, their real role in, so, in lots of ways. Their assignment, you could frame it as was to be parents. They were called to be the, the first parents, the father. Abraham was to be the father of this whole new family tree that would one day be the family tree that led to Christ. That was his assignment. Abraham, you're going to be a father. I'm going to make you a father. You're going to have descendants too numerous to count. That's, that's what I have for you. And Abraham had to believe God for that and trust God for that and live into that space despite the fact that he was as good as dead. <laughs> his wife was past childbearing age. Despite the fact they never, they, they got to see only this small taste and welcome at a distance and, and as, they, as God gave them, you know, the, the child of the promise in Isaac. And and, and they, they only tasted it. But here's, here's the thing is, to really live our life of faith well, we, every one of us, I think, we, we've kind of got a big picture for our life. And God wants us to live into that. And I think it's true for us as a church. God has a big picture for us. And he wants us to understand what is our big picture together. As you take your, you know, big picture of your life. And, and God's got one for me. And, and in a church, what God does, he takes all these different stories and he begins to put them together. And we overlap and interlock with one another. And we start to become part of his bigger picture. And then us as a church and our community fits into an even bigger picture. And, and the key is for us to understand what's my assignment? What's our big picture? Because when you understand the big picture, that's, that's kind of beyond the horizon. We can't even see it. When you understand that, you learn how to live now. One of the things I love on my phone, I have this app. Uh, if you're a parent, it's a great little app. It's put out by Orange, who do all our, uh, all our children's ministry material. And that. It's called the Legacy app. And what it does is it actually gives you a countdown. You put in your, your, your child, their name, and their birthday. And what it does, it calculates. It's a little timer that tells you how many weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds you have until they turn 18. <laughs> now, some of you, you're like, oh, you'd see that as sort of like, man, I'm just ticking the boxes. How much longer? And it's, not, it's not for that reason. <laughs> the idea is not when will they be gone. <laughs> but the idea is this. The reason why it's a great thing is because you know what it does is it forces you to say, you know what, what's my, what's my assignment when it comes to my little boy Levi? It's to raise a little boy to become a man who will love God and love people. And I've, and what this little, what this does, it reminds me of the big picture that I've got 18 years to do that. I'm down to 13 already. You know, I've got literally 566 weeks with him until he turns 18. And most of you know, they don't move out until they're 28, but <laughs> that's, a, that's too long on the app. It can't handle the kind of time frames, you know, it's like the new updates or like whenever, you know, I don't. <laughs> the idea is, you know, when they're 18, they're, they're an adult. They're making their own decisions. They're, and you know what I love about this is it makes me, and when you go, wait a second, I only got 560, I got 566 weeks. Every, every week, it is, you go, that's it. That one's gone. It's not coming back. Have I lived in such a way that when he's 18, I've raised him to be a man who will love God and love people. You know, and it changes how you make decisions moment to moment. You know, I find myself sometimes, if you have, a, if you have or have had or ever worked with, with five-year-olds, you know, they, they don't move as quickly yet as bigger people. And they don't really care about schedules and time. 
And sometimes it's easy to be like, oh boy, we're supposed to be X, Y, and Z at this kind of time. Oh, you know what? You're trying to get that zipper done. It's okay. I'm a gun at zippers. I can do your zipper for you. This will be much faster, more efficient. And in the moment, it might feel like we need to do this so we can get there. But the big picture is, do I want him to be somebody who needs his jacket zipped every time? No. I want him to be independent. And so you make a decision in the moment. No, no, no. Because of the big picture, let's do this a little differently. You know, I've been places and times where we're supposed to go somewhere, and he's wanting to climb something, uh, whether it's a tree or, or on a playground or a wall or something. And, and you literally look and you watch, you know, you look and you go, now, we're supposed to be there. What you're doing now very likely could end in a hospital visit. You know, this is like where you are. And then you kind of ask yourself, and you're like, oh, do we have time to go to the hospital? Do we have... Like, if we, if we end up in the hospital, I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to kill yourself. This is very likely we'll be getting some x-rays. And you have to ask yourself, do I, do I want to? And then you go, wait a second, you know, am I more concerned that we get to this place on time? Or, you know what, actually, what kind of man do I want him to be? Someone who takes risks, somebody who's willing to, to be adventurous and daring and go, yeah, go for it. His wife, my, my wife, his mom can work on safety. But, <laughs> but you know what? If you don't live with the big picture in mind that I've got a limited amount of time to do certain things, then you can end up making all those decisions. No, 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 come on, we gotta go, we gotta get here, we gotta get there. No, don't, don't do that, you might hurt yourself, let's do this. You know, you, when you live with the big picture, it changes the small picture. This is what is so incredible and amazing about Abraham, and I think all the people in Hebrews 11, in life of faith, everybody has a different call. Read through that list this week, and you see they all did different things. They all had a unique story. God worked uniquely in their lives. But every one of them grew in a growing capacity to understand more and more of that big picture of their life, of, of what God had called them to do. And they lived into those directions. This series is about us stopping and looking up and saying, God, we want to make sure that we understand what's that big, big, broad picture that we move towards. You know what? So that we make sure the steps we're taking are moving us in, in the right direction. And this is, this is a moment for us to kind of begin to lean into that together. You know, the other thing I love about uh, this chapter, I, I want to read you where it kind of finishes in end of chapter 11. It goes through more people's stories and, and more stories of faith and how incredible they all are. And I love how uh, the writer wraps up this chapter in verse 39. He, he says this about kind of the big picture of all of them says, these, all these people, they were commended for their faith, for believing God, living out in those days. They were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. They never got to see the fulfillment of, of these saints. They never got to see, ultimately, that all of it was pointing towards Christ and, and God's huge, huge story. Since God, verse 40, God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Is he kind of living into this kind of big beyond the horizon, big, huge picture? I love that this verse reminds us. It's like, it's, it's that picture again. God's got a story for, for every one of us. He's got an assignment for your life. He's got a big picture for your life and a big picture for mine. And we bring our big pictures together, and he brings us together in a church. And it's almost like as our stories come together, then a bigger picture yet is formed. And, and then the incredible thing is 
that our pictures are actually connected to and become a part of the biggest picture. That it's only together with us. All of Abraham, Moses, all these guys right through the scriptures, it all connects up to us. And there's this sense in which it's only together is all of it made perfect. Are we made perfect? You know, when the Bible talks about being perfect in, in this sense, often what it's talking about is a sense of completion and fulfillment. You know, if you're making a puzzle, and, 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 I, I, and we've, got, we've got this one puzzle, and it's, it's Levi's, our, our five-year-old's, and, 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 uh, and it was a cheap puzzle. It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle puzzle. So it's, you know, it's only 36 or so pieces, but it's really difficult. They're all green, you know, so... <laughs> It's, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. And, uh, and we, we got it cheap, and we took it on a flight to the U.S. at one point, so we thought, well, if we lose something. But, but somehow or other, you know, some, some things like, you know, you buy something really nice, and it's gone in like a week. We have this cheap puzzle. We've been able to, for whatever reason, manage to keep on to it. Only there's one piece missing. And there is nothing, nothing less satisfying than doing a puzzle with a piece missing, right? I mean, you get there. You get to the end, and you're like, it's all there, and this piece is missing. And if you're a, a perfectionist, you know, this is just the most frustrating thing in the world. My, my wife, Lisa, and I, actually, when we got married, we did this personality assessment. It's called 16PF, personality factors. measures all these, you know, really core personality factors make who you are. When we got married, the funny thing was, out of 15 on the list, we scored not just a little different, but almost polar opposites on 15 of 16 personality factors. Uh, our, our friend Martin, who was doing our accounting, said, you're, you're either going to be miserable <laughs> or you're going to work really hard and it's going to be really good. And praise the Lord, it's been the latter. But it's hilarious. Fifteen different things, complete opposites. One thing we shared in common is we're both perfectionistic. <laughs> so there's this perfectionism scale and we're both perfectionists. And so we, we just kind of share. And if you're a perfectionist, you look at things and when there's a piece missing, you're just like, this is so unsatisfying. It's not perfect. When it talks about only together we're made perfect, there's this incredible story and this incredible picture here that's almost like God's got this huge picture. And we all bring a piece of this puzzle. And you bring your piece, and I bring my piece, and that becomes this picture of, as we're a community of faith together, this is the picture that True North becomes. And then True North is actually a, just, it turns out, is just now one other small piece of the puzzle. And, and our puzzle piece connects to other churches that are in our city, and we're connected to all them. They're a piece of the puzzle. And together, all that kind of makes the, the picture of the puzzle of the, the church right, right here in Perth. And then the incredible thing is, and then that, it turns out, oh, it was only a tiny piece. And it's connected to this wider piece of our nation. And we're connected to the churches in every city and country town and everywhere all across our nation. And then that's connected to the church across every nation of the world. And every one of them turns out just tiny little pieces, but they all keep interlocking and interlocking. And then it crosses not just across geography and not just across our planet. It actually crosses all the way back through time. And it turns out that even all the, the piece of the puzzle of the church that's, that's in the world today is only one tiny, tiny piece of the church as it's existed throughout the centuries and overlaps and interlocks. And only together with Abraham, with Moses, with David, with the line that leads right to Christ and the church and Acts. And, and as it began in Corinth, all of it together, it's only together are we made perfect. And, and, and all this is to say... So the question we must ask ourselves as one tiny little piece 
in a huge, huge puzzle. If we are to, to the question we have to ask is, is to say, Lord, what is our bigger picture? God, what are you asking of us at True North? What, what, what is it? Because we're, we may be a tiny piece, but there is still a big picture God has for us that's a part of his huge picture. And if we are to live a life of, with, with intentionality and faithfulness and fulfill our purposes, and we must ask ourselves, so what is our peace? And that's what this, this, this whole series is going to be about unpacking. It's just saying, God, what, do you, what, what are you asking of us? We've been walking and we've been moving and we've been taking steps. And, and now, Lord, as we just lift our eyes, we just give us a glimpse. You know, we're not, it's not like we're going to have 2020 blueprint details of the future. But no, no, Lord, would you just give us that glimpse? You know, Abraham, you'd be the father of, of descendants too numerous to count. How's that going to happen? Never got kind of the whole details. But you keep moving that direction. Keep believing me in that direction. You know, God, what's that big, giant you know, just, just what's beyond the heart? What do you see that we might move towards that? You know, I want to I wanna just, I guess today, I, I want to give you a snapshot. This, the, um, as I mentioned, we, we at the beginning of this year uh, with our, our eldership, with our staff team, and, and, and all kinds of different ways, we've just been praying into this and saying, Lord, we don't, we don't want to, to mistake some of the things happening this year. You know, we, we've got some big projects right now, but they are not the big picture. And we don't want to mistake a project for the big, a big project for the big picture. And so we want to, so we've been saying, God, help us to see so we, so we just are able to lift up our eyes and make sure we're going in the right direction. We've been praying, we've been seeking, we've been talking, we've been wrestling. And, 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 and what I want to give you today, this is the, the closest thing. This is still kind of a work in progress, even if you will. But here is a little bit of the direction we feel God is calling us, a little bit of the broadest sense as we look out over the next 10 years, as we think about, you know, True North at 50 years old, uh, where, where do we want to be? And uh, this, is, this is kind of a working sentence of what we're beginning to see, that over the next 10 years, we will be a part of a renewal movement of God as we passionately pursue his presence. I'm going to unpack this for just a moment, but then we're going to unpack it for, for a month. Over the next 10 years, this is the direction. This is kind of what's beyond the right. This is that big picture of what we feel that God is calling us to. Now, now I'll say this, even before I unpack this. Uh, in fact, take this down for just one moment. We know this. For a church, for every church, we all kind of know what is the mission we've been given. This is a great commission. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the great commission. It's given to all churches and Christ followers everywhere. You know, and we're given the great commandment. And so if we're going to teach people to obey all he said, teach them to love God with all their heart and to love other people. This is what it all kind of comes down to. So we know this is what churches are about. For a long time here, we've shorthanded the Great Commission with building, uh, leading people to Christ and building them to the last. It's just a way of framing the Great Commission. So we, we know that's what we're about. It's what all churches uh, essentially are about. What we're saying is, God, within that, what are some of the unique things you want us to do? Because we have an assignment. We have something unique God wants to do in and through us as part of the giant picture. Every, every church, God is this creative, uh, endlessly creative creator who doesn't desire all churches to look identical to each other. It's like we're all on about the same thing, but there's little different flavors and different things that we each bring to the picture. That's what makes the picture so beautiful. 
And this, as we go back to that, here is, we feel like this is speaking to some of the big picture God has for us and what he wants for us. And I want to unpack a couple of these words for you real quick. When we talk about being part of a renewal movement, a renewal movement of God. You know, if you look at the last 10 years in Australia, the church uh, has not experienced new life. The church as a whole has experienced decline. We're part of a movement called the Churches of Christ. The Churches of Christ, over the last 10 years, have experienced decline. And rather than new life, it's been in so many ways. And, and so pessimists would look at the big picture and go, this is all bad. You know what? We actually believe the future is not going to see the decline of the church, but we see it becoming an explosion of life and new life. And in fact, though there are places where you see decline and though in in lots of ways churches are uh, you know churches are not even keeping up with population growth and, and but what what is a reality is that all around there are pockets of renewal where trees that looked like they were dying are actually sprouting out new life and there is newness of life we want to be a part of that renewal movement do you know in the last four or five years as Churches as a whole have probably seen decline. The, the last, you know, kind of biggest study that was done on churches in about 2010 or so, I believe it was, uh, was, was kind of giving the numbers more or less meant uh, a church closing its door. A church of 100 people was closing its door every single week. That was the level of decline. Uh, and, and to be honest, and the newest kind of stats and, and the broadest level aren't out for the, the last five years, but uh, it's probably not changed dramatically. But over... Over the last four or five years, you know, what we've, what we've been able to experience here at True North in the last four years uh, alone, and you may not realize this because we kind of go along and we're kind of step by step and we're doing a little bit, but over the last four years when we actually stopped to look up, do you know, while, while there's been a lot of decline, we've seen a 70% growth in our church over the last four years. That's incredible. Yeah, it's praise God. I, honestly, honestly, if that doesn't make you clap, you may not grasp what the church is. The church is the people of God. And if you don't understand that God said, I'm going to leave my body in this world, and the church will be my hand and feet, and the church will be the presence of Christ. If that doesn't make you clap to see it growing and flourishing, you're just not capturing yet the beauty of what it is. We, and, and, and I don't say that to think, wow, this is great. We've done something great because it's not. It's not been what, what we've done. But what it does mean is this, is we have a responsibility to look and to say, God, if you have put new life here, how do we steward that well? How do we become part of a renewal movement that is not about us, but if there is new life that's come in here, how do we say, Lord, how do we see more of what you're doing? Because what our dream is is not that we would experience 70% more growth the next five years. Our dream is that the church as a whole would experience 70% growth. I mean, if we do, oh, it's a few hundred people. If the church, imagine if the next 10 years, imagine this. Then the next 10 years, people weren't writing articles saying the church is kind of a relic. It's declining. It's off to the side. But the church was actually a centerpiece of life, of flourishing, of love, of joy, of mercy, of peace, of creativity, of art, of beauty. And people said, where do you find all those things? You find them in the church of Jesus Christ. That's what the church is meant to be. So when we talk about being part of a renewal movement, we're saying we want to see new life. We don't want the story 10 years from now to be how the church has declined. We want to say... How are we seeing new life bursting up, bursting forth, growing, green leaves, fruit on the trees? That's what we want to see. We want to be a part of it. And to do that, to see renewal, you know, it means 
changes. It means updating. It means restoring. If you think about what it's like to sometimes, you know, renovate something that, that's been broken for a long there's all kinds of work that's going, but we want to be a part of a renewal movement. And we want to see, we want to see a, a different story given 10 years from now. We want to be willing to imagine that it's possible. The second thing you'll see up here, and so we're going to unpack that. We're going to unpack what that looks like over the next few weeks, and we're also going to unpack this idea. And we believe it's going to happen, not through all our great ideas, not through the latest and greatest structure, not through the greatest and you know, latest and greatest idea or this or that, but it's going to happen as we passionately pursue the presence of God. That we don't want to be a place where we just learn and know more about God. We want to make sure we're becoming a people who are pursuing the very presence of God. We want to be a church where it's like this is the place where heaven and earth overlap and interlock and the kingdom comes and his will is done and our missus is in heaven. And you don't just get to get educated about God. You get to encounter God and know him and walk with him. And his spirit is, is the, it, it's the fuel. It's, it's, it's what actually allows the church to grow and to flourish. It's his life within. Vitality comes as his life comes through us. And so this is, this is a snapshot. We're going we're gonna to dive into this in all kinds of directions in the next few weeks. But this is, when we say, God, would you lift up our eyes? And we look out ahead. This is a little bit of that right now. It's a little bit, it's at a distance. And it's a little bit, you know, kind of foggy. We feel like these are some of the things God is calling us to begin to move towards. And we want to let some of these things shape how we take that next step and shape how we live in the day today. And I want to just finish this morning, you know, with reminding us, our, our, our kind of theme verse for this, when we look to the future, we don't want to just look at it as well and say, you know, God, what's possible in our strength? What's possible if we began to do things a little bit? What's possible? We want to look at the future and, and, and not think about what's even possible. We want to be willing to dare to imagine that the future could be dramatically different. That it could actually, because you know what? These Ephesians verse remind us, let's just, as I just read this to you, it says, as, as Paul, he finishes this little, just praise to God, because it says, now to him, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him. Be glory in the church. You know why we clap if the church is growing and flourishing? Because that's where God is glorified. It doesn't glorify me or you or any of us. It glorifies God. And to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We want to look to the future and we want to we do it saying this, God, what is possible? And we want to do it with a mindset that says no matter what, if we, you know, if we, if our goal and our dream is to see God glorified in this world. He is able to do immeasurably more. Not a little bit more, immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. So, so True North, let's imagine. Let's imagine. Let's imagine a different view. Let's imagine what God could do. And let's do it knowing he is able to go so far beyond. You're in my tiny little imaginations. He is able to do so much more. I want to ask you to stand up with me if you wouldn't mind. And what I want to just do uh, as we kind of kick this series off is I just want to start by just praying. And I want to encourage you uh, in a moment, I'm just going to pray for us as a church. I'm going to pray that over the next few weeks, God would be pouring out his vision. He'd be, he'd be bringing 
pictures into clarity for us. He would be showing us and, and giving us a sense of what's our assignment. What does this, you know, are, are we tracking with him? What, what does he dream? What does he imagine? And I'm going to pray for us that God would just be beginning to do that and doing it. Because here's the amazing thing. If all of us who call this place home, if we know what, if we've got a sense of what the puzzle looks like, the puzzle of who we are, then we're all able to start putting pieces in. You know, if it, when you're working on a puzzle, if everybody thinks it looks different, you just have nothing but kind of frustration and you're not able to kind of do what, what, what could be possible. But when you all are working off the same picture and we all, if we all can get, you know, into the same, if we can get in touch with what God dreams and he imagines, then imagine what would be possible. And I'm going to pray for us as a church in a moment, but I want to just give you a moment. I'm going to give you a moment or two here just to stand in the quiet and encourage you to, would you in your own heart and your own mind maybe just say to God this morning, Lord, would you help me to see? You know, this isn't just about, it's not that God just kind of, I think, wants to give vision to, to, to one of us or a few of us. This is about every one of us saying, God, what do you imagine for True North? This is our, this is, this is our collective church. It's not one of our, church. It's, it's, it's us together with one head who is Jesus. So let's say, Jesus, you're the head. Would you give us your vision, your eyesight, your dreams? I encourage you to pray that. Maybe this morning as well, you just want to pray even just to say, Lord, would you be showing me my assignment in life, my big picture? But I want to just encourage you to, to begin by just opening your own heart to God. I'll pray for us in a moment.